0: This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women, with your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis.
1: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Wednesday, December 5th, 2018. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at the Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. You can also subscribe and listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeart Radio, or your favorite podcasting app. Today, we have a very special guest. Alexis Henry is a model of African and Irish descent represented by IPM Model Management. As a full-time model, Alexis can be recognized from working with brands such as Dia & Co., Reb Dolls, Ashley Stewart, Old Navy, Nike, Urban Decay Cosmetics, Savage Fenty, Universal Standard, and Fashion Nova. In addition to modeling, Alexis has produced Workshops on body confidence and recently began speaking out to children in New York City charter schools, concentrating on finding self-love and respect. She is working to banish size and beauty stereotypes by not only illustrating and teaching body confidence, but also sharing her world through fashion projects and modeling. Alexis hopes to encourage others to be kinder to themselves by promoting mental clarity and size representation, and we're so excited to talk to her. Let's welcome Alexis to the show. Hi.
0: Hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
1: Well, I'm so excited to talk to you. I know you're a very busy woman, so thank you for taking out the time today to speak with me.
0: Of course, of course. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. So tell me, growing up in Ohio, were you confident as a child or was that something that you had to grow into?
0: Oh my goodness, no. I I was not I, I wouldn't say that I was totally not confident, but I definitely grew through that um pubescent teen phase to where I was just very unsure of myself. Um, I know that when I was growing up, I was a lot taller than most people and I developed, you know, my body at like 11 12 so for me to be tall and thicker at a young age it was it it was hard it was really hard and I I came from a very rural area so you know culturally at you know certain things that I went through I feel like maybe if I grew up in New York would be a little bit different but Mm -hmm. I wasn't always confident It it was definitely a teaching mechanism
1: so tell us how did you get started in the industry as a model, how did you go from being a little insecure to wanting to put your face out and be judged for the world?
0: Funny story, I was actually in high school, and I was a senior in high school, and uh, there was uh, two scouts. Two scouts had found me. Um, I was walking up to the concession stand with my mom, and these two random people just come up to me, and they're like, hey, we think you'd be a great model. And, like, I looked at my mom, and I was like, what would she just say? And I was like, okay. Now, I had always been into fashion. Like, since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to live in New York. I've always wanted to work in fashion to some degree. You know, whether that be styling or writing, I've I've always loved fashion. But modeling was something that, for me, it wasn't like that's what I was going to do. So when these two scouts found me at 17, um, I began working with them and did my first test shots with them. And – Ironically, they ended up being a scam agency. So they told me. Did you go to one of those conventions that cost a lot of money? No, it wasn't even a convention. It was like this. (laughs) And it's so funny because I'm from Ohio. So for them to be like, to claim that they're so notable, you know, I was naive and my parents were just trying to make me happy. But um, no, they were just like a small uh, owned agency. And I did my first test shots. I think I paid like 40 bucks. I did some test shots with them, and they are terrible, by, by the way. <laughs> Thank God for growth. Um, right. But they end up closing down, and um, but the interest was still there. So I was still kind of like, well, no, I, I still kind of want to do this. So I ended up going to college, and my freshman year, I had linked up with a stylist who was a design major also at the same college, and we did, like, some freelance testing, and we were like, you know, just kind of, shooting around and just seeing, you know, you know, how how good I am at it. And I actually ended up being kinda of good. So from that point on, for the next few years forward to that, I, you know, did it totally freelance, um, and just learned the game. Um, learned my angles, learned how to pose. And it was kinda of nice because I love fashion so much. So I was able to like be totally creative in my shoots. Um and mm-hmm. then it wasn't until like a few years after that I end up getting signed to an agency, and then that's what started my professional career.
1: So at one point, you decided to relocate to New York City to pursue your career. Was that a big culture shock for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, originally, like I said, you know, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to live in New York. So this is like where I'm at right now is like where I've always wanted to be. But before I moved to New York um, in 2013, I just up and left and went to art school in Los Angeles. So I actually started in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, Yeah, in in 2013. So I started there. Uh, I was there for about two and a half, three years, um, and then I made the move to New York. So when you got to the big city
1: and you started pursuing your career professionally, what were some challenges you had getting started?
0: Well, you know, I would say... When I was professional, when I first started being a, becoming a professional model, I would say the first few challenges for me would have to be adjusting, because I feel like I am an uh, what I like to call a super creative. Like, I like to get my hands in everything. I might not be a master of it all, but I like to at least touch it. And for, for me, it was separating the business aspect from the creative aspect, and just knowing that in order to be the best that you want to be in this business, you have to take a back seat and just learn, soak it in, and it takes time. And that, that was hard for me because I was super anxious and wanting to do this so bad because I knew that I could do it so well. Uh, but mm-hmm. it just took time for me to really just learn my body, learn, you know, my brand. Um, you know, people don't realize when they say they want to become a model, it's like, yes, that's amazing. That's an amazing goal, but understand that, you are your brand. So it's going to take time to develop your look. It's going to take time to, you know, learn how to pose and learn how to move on set and become fluid. So it was it was just like a little a little technical thing for me.
1: And you just mentioned it takes time to develop your to develop your look. So being a biracial woman, did your ethnicity or ethnicity um with your ambiguously ambigu- Looking ethnicity help you excel in the modeling industry, or did agents not know how to market you properly?
0: Well, it's I would have to say a mixture of both. Um, I do have a very ambiguous look, so some people might mistake me for Latino. Uh, Some people might mistake me; they think I'm black, which I am. Um, You know, so I mean, it kind of goes both ways. But at the same time, you know, when I first started, because I am so ambiguous looking, and I obviously do have very prominent features. The first agency that I did sign to um, was unable to figure out how to market me, so we went mm-hmm. through that long phase of trying to figure out how to, you know, do hair color and how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that. So it was like a very a really hard, challenging time at that point because I just really didn't know. Like, okay, I just want to be me. Like, but it's not always that easy. Sometimes you have to kind of like see what works for the brand and then run with mm-hmm. that.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you signed to IPM. Uh, model management where you currently yeah. housed, and did she change your look? What did she do to give your career a
0: boost? Uh, well, my agent is amazing. Uh, she is consistent. She I call her mother because she is like my second mom. Um, when she signed me uh, last October, I had already left my previous agency. I originally with my previous agency, I had like black hair and I hated it, and it just wasn't suitable for my skin tone. So I end up, you know, leaving, of course, on good terms with my older agency, and then I changed my hair color um, more to my natural color, which is like a reddish, blondish color. Um, And then she had met me a few months post that time, and then she just helped me develop and strengthen and kind of really uh, polish my look, just kind of really putting me on and really dropping gems on how to really succeed in this this industry uh, which I will forever be thankful for her but um, yeah I mean she really like straightened me up in a sense so
1: yeah and I went back and I looked at your old pictures I mean I think I I think you're way prettier with your natural hair and the natural yeah I, I like that better
0: everybody says so that that's a good thing yeah and I feel more me you know I feel more confident I for years another thing was being ambiguous and more predominantly black than anything is that for me you know at the time that I started modeling I feel like natural hair wasn't as accepted as it is today right. um, and we're only talking like six seven years ago and now right. for me to be able to embrace my natural hair and for me to be me it just it feels so good
1: Yes, yes. So for those listening that are trying to pursue a career in modeling and want to get to where you are, tell them how important it is to find the right agency that is a great fit for you that believes in you.
0: Yes, that, those if you ever want to get into modeling, um understand that when you do get into an agency and you do start, you know, venture off into the professional world, uh, it's so important to find an agent that not only is persistent with you, but listens to the goal that you want to achieve. Because every the beauty of being a model is that you are an entrepreneur and you are your own brand. So you need someone that will sit there and listen to you and knock off goals off of your own list to achieve. Because it's not just about money. It's about your relationship with your agent, your relationship with your clients, the clients you're booking, and it's really, really important that you are happy with the work that you're producing, not just for the sake of being a model, but for the sake of doing things that you are truly happy about, and it's really important that you find an agency and an agent that really cares about the thing that you want to accomplish in your career.
1: Right, and do you find that um, what agency works for one model may not be where another model excels? So sometimes you have to find what works for you. Yeah, you just can't listen to everybody and follow everybody else's path.
0: Of course. That is so key. You know, um, you know, even my previous agency, they're, they're amazing people. But unfortunately, we weren't able to, uh, you know, make a lot of money together. However, and that's, that's not the same for everybody. It's not the same for everybody. Some people are excelling with them, and that's just, that was their fit. You know, my agent now is my fit because I know that I will get a phone call at least once a day explaining of who I'm getting submitted to, what, are, what I'm doing this week, who's looking at me, what I need to work on, what I need to – I mean, it's just a different relationship that we have. So, again, just because you go into an agency and you find it's not working, that doesn't mean that you lose hope. That means that you reassess what you're doing, reassess who you're working with, and try to figure out a solution to, to make it better and if not, put different people in your corner,
1: right. So when did you know that your career was booming enough that you could be a model full time?
0: Oh, well, you know this is all recent for me you know i i mean i've I've booked work and i've and I've done that, but I've made money, but I feel like it wasn't until honestly the past four or five months that I've honestly felt that this is my full time, you know, and I, this is my focus for right now. So, I mean, mm-hmm. again, it's a work in progress. Some models start and they're booming within six months, you know, some right. models like me start and it takes them a couple years to really get into that mode. But I think everyone's journey is different. And I also think that, you know, for me, I'm blessed that I had this long journey to success because had I not, I wouldn't, wouldn't be as smart and as keen as the things I am now.
1: Right. So how many years have you
0: been modeling now? Uh well it's been about seven years. Seven years but professionally uh three and a half. Okay, okay.
1: So you you just bloomed a little slower, but then when you bloomed you
0: boomed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but again, everyone's everyone's moment is different, you know, and I right. I always discuss that with people that I know, and they're always like, wow, like, you've been trying to do this for a long time, and I'm like, yeah, I know, <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm so happy that you're doing things, but this is all you want on Navy, and I'm like, thank you, and it's, it's amazing to see the difference, because looking back, you know, four or five years ago, I was just like, wow, like, I've came a long way, but I I never quit. So that's always kept me going. So one of
1: the clients that you've had the opportunity to model for is Savage Fenty. So tell me, how was that experience, and did you get to meet Rihanna
0: No, I did not get to meet Rihanna. That is a lifelong goal because since I was in high school, I always get compared to her. I don't know why, (laughs) but it's a compliment. (laughs) But I never understood that. But no, I mean it was it was amazing. I mean it it is a brand that is about true inclusivity and body positivity and it's power and it was amazing. It was always amazing. So I'm forever grateful for that opportunity. And another
1: big thing that you've accomplished is walking in New York Fashion Week. Tell us about that.
0: Oh, that, that was, you want to talk about anxiety. That, (laughs) that was like (laughs) the most amazing, scariest experience of my life because New York Fashion Week is like the emblem of fashion in New York, especially in September and February when they have shows and stuff and for me, you know, there was one show that it was for Fashion Week and the an entire lineup, and I mean every designer for the entire week. I was the only plus size model. And it was really, it was unfortunate at first, because when I first walked into the show, everyone thought I was a makeup artist. Yeah. And I was just like, no, man, I'm actually a model, but okay. Um, but, you know, it's it just like I said, it's one of those things where people are not still used to it and you have to break down that barrier so doing that show was super empowering for me because I felt like I'm making a difference somehow um walking in fashion week this past fashion week in September I walked for a designer named Noel, and I was also the only plus model in that show and you know she did the collaboration with LeBron and I mean there were just so many amazing elite people that I look up to and I almost broke down crying in in the lineup because I was just like this I've made it like I'm I'm making it you know and fashion week is just it's just like a make it or break it like it's in it's out it's like all this all of this frustration and anxiety to this one 20 second moment and it's over (laughs) and you just feel like wow I did that you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) when you're the only plus size model in a major fashion show when you walk down the runway do you feel that the crowd is extra excited to see you and you get extra love
0: Uh, yeah I do I do I do I would say majority of it is like oh you know like oh okay (laughs) I remember like because I'm from Ohio so you know LeBron's from Ohio so when I walked to see Noel like in my head I was like whatever you do Alexis do not go on that runway I searching for LeBron. Just get to the end and get back. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I look at the video and like it was just cool to see all the people kind of like, kind of like tilt their head and decide like, hmm, okay, I'm with it. I'm, I'm here for it. You know. And then there's some people that don't even make it a big deal because they're with it. They're with. They're with the program. Um, I would say the first time that I was the only plus size model, which was last fall's fashion week. It was for a streetwear brand. Um, And that alone, streetwear alone, you know, to be dipping into the plus community is, like, still fairly, fairly new. So when I walked Mm -hmm. on the runway, I just see all these eyes, like, just gravitate towards me. And I'm just like, oh, this is the time. And I look at the videos after, and everyone's just like, whoa. You know, so a lot of people are very, um, very supportive. And there are some, of course, that are just kind of like, why? You know, but that's okay.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, how do you balance being a model, building your career, and being a mother?
0: Well, it's it's not easy, but every single moment, I think, in my career, it makes it worthwhile because I do have a daughter, and it just makes me want to do the most that I can do to the best of my ability for her. Um, it's not easy, I, I can honestly say that, but I will say that, you know, I have an amazing man that makes it easier for me, <laughs> and, as, you know, we, we definitely work to make this as easy for both of us, because he has a busy career himself, so it's not easy, but honestly, it's it's time management, it's planning your day around your child. Uh, luckily, you know, she's in some great after-school programs that she enjoys, um, because she's an only child so she kind of enjoys that you know that kid interaction all day um you know there have been times when i first came to new york that i took her to castings with me you know yeah. in new york fashion week not not the client castings or request castings but there was a, a time and point where like there was one day and there was like a bunch of like gorilla style castings where you just kind of like show up and i just i had to bring her with me because Unfortunately, my man, you know, he had a meeting and he was away, and that was I had to do it. But mm-hmm. she support and she loves it, and you know, you just you just kind of work through it. You just work through it.
1: Well, that's great that you have somebody um, to help you and support you, because I imagine being a model and a single mother would be ten times harder when you're waiting for checks to come in and things need to be paid.
0: hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it would be a lot harder. It would be a lot harder.
1: So your daughter has inspired you to do things in the New York school system like workshops, and you have a nonprofit. So let's talk about that for a minute. First, tell me about your workshops on body confidence and why that is important to you.
0: Well, you know, for me, I feel like it's so important to implement that in, in education because, I mean, And not necessarily in schools. I just had a great chance to do it with a specific school in the Bronx. And I feel like I didn't have that growing up. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't have that safe space. You know, you always have your parents to kind of answer questions that you have about the world. And you always have, you know, your idols that look up to you. But you never really have someone that's, like, in your space and, like, asking you to talk to them. And for me, doing a nonprofit for – you know young girls was a chance for me to learn about myself in a new way so to speak and I feel like when I go into these classrooms and I talk to these girls you know they're already enamored with the fact that I am a model that already like you know gets their attention which is cool because I I want them I want their attention Mm -hmm. but we sit down and then we talk about you know real issues and things and they feel safe to talk to me because they know that they don't have to be embarrassed and they can trust me. And they, you know, they have that, that, um, that just that genuine want to just talk about life. And for me, it was really important because as these girls grow, especially in a city like New York, that's always changing. And so fast, I just wanted to create that safe space for girls. And I know that that's what I was always missing as a kid. And I know that's even what my daughter who was seven years old told me like, that's important, and she can even, you know, articulate how important that is. So, you know, again, my my nonprofit is a work in progress. It's already drafted, um, and I am using this school year to kind of just test out the modules I've made and the lessons I've I've planned. But it's I can't express how much amazing gratitude I have for this opportunity.
1: And in your intro. I mentioned that one of the things you want to promote is mental clarity and size representation. Now, what did you mean by mental clarity?
0: Well, I feel like as a model, you know, I have a career that is so up and down and it can sometimes provoke a lot of, you know, anxiety, uh, mental uh, mental illness especially. Mental illness is something that I feel like in our culture today, it is something that we shun away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's one of those diseases that nobody likes to talk about because nobody feels like it's all, no, not everybody, not everybody. But a lot of people mm-hmm. feel like it might not be a real disease because, of course, it's a mental disease. It's not something that you can see. It's not mm-hmm. something that you can always detect. And that's, to me, what makes it even worse because, you know, when you get a cold, you're coughing, you're hacking. But when you have a mental illness, not everybody knows that you're having depression or anxiety. And mm-hmm. me, you know, growing up and uh, I suffer from that a lot. I had those issues and I'm very clear and very open about it because I really, my, my, my saying is conversation provokes change.
1: Mm-hmm. And just getting
0: people to talk about these things and getting people to realize that it's okay. It's okay to go through things. Um, and to seek help and to seek healthy uh, exercises to kind of get through through this, I mean, it, it can work. And I feel like aside from size of patient is very important. But I feel like we're, we already cracked that, cracked that surface, mm-hmm. so we're working on that. Now we've got to crack this one and we've got to make not just women but all people feel comfortable with opening up about the things that they're going through so that they can and be confident in getting that help.
1: Well, i love that you're doing that because, you know, while you're saying that, I'm thinking that you might be the first person that has ever came on my show and talked about mental health in regards to modeling. Um, Because sometimes I interview the bloggers and the bloggers are a little more open about their depression and whatnot. But you're about you're the first person I think, you know, says that, you know, modeling can be Mm -hmm. mentally draining.
0: So that's that's important. And especially to imagine just being just being a model and always being, you know, it's it's all about your look. They don't even know they don't even know what you sound like or what you're about. And sometimes clients aren't concerned because, again, it's a business. mm -hmm. It can be sometimes very draining to know like, am I not good enough? And what's my worth? Should I be doing this? And it can be very, 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 very taxing on the mind.
1: Right, right. Well, I am so excited that you're doing that. I hope to see you do more work in that and speak out about it. That's important. So yes. what is your ultimate goal with your career and your brand overall? Well,
0: right now I feel like um, I just continue want to build up my rapport with clients and continue to work and continue uh, to build, you know, that clientele. Uh, but I would foresee myself in for the next five years, um, owning my own skincare beauty business, I am oh, very no. much invested in that. I love beauty. I love that creative aspect. I want to get my hands—if not first with the collaborations, then more learn about the business. Uh, but then I would also like to own my own skincare beauty business, um, and then I also would like to continue my nonprofit and make it into a brick or mortar um, mm-hmm. because I feel like I, going into classroom Excuse me. Going into classrooms is amazing, uh, but I want to have a brick and mortar where there is an actual physical safe space for young girls. Um, kind of, I always like mentioned it, it was like the why,
1: but mm-hmm. for young girls.
0: And, I, and, I, and, I, and my man, he would like to do a nonprofit for boys. So it could be like a co ed sort of thing, but I just foresee myself kind of doing something like that, um, traveling the world. Um, making lots of money and being very happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. So do you have anything <laughs> else coming up that we can be on the lookout for, we should be watching
0: out for? Yeah. Um, I'll be working with a few new clients. I don't want to say who yet because a lot of it's very, um, you know, under wraps right now. Uh, but a very few popular clients that you all know and love. You will be seeing my face on um you know, their brands, their websites, and, you know, hopefully the campaigns. Um, So you will be seeing that, and you also will be seeing a lot more work with, you know, my mentorship program.
1: Nice. So tell us your official website and social media pages so we can keep up with everything you have going on.
0: Sure. My website is www.lexhenry.com. And there you'll find my portfolio, my videos, my blog, because I also, my background is in fashion writing, so you'll see my blogs. Um You will see uh, the build of my podcast that I've been starting. Um, oh, okay. That, yeah, I'm tapping into it. <laughs> I'm tapping into it, but, you know, like my agent says, girl, focus on one thing at a time, and I, I'm, I'm right. glad that, but. I'm learning. I'm learning, but again, it's it's a it's a new process, so I'm starting that. Um, and then my Instagram is uh, at the.
1: All right. Well, when if you continue to do your podcast, you'll have to have me on as a guest.
0: I will, of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Continued success with your career. I think you're doing great things, especially with your mental clarity initiative and just continue the amazing work.
0: And I really appreciate you having me, Shanice. Um, Again, when I do my podcast, you'll be the first person I call. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.
1: And thank you to my guests this evening for being on the show. I've been your host. Shanice Lewis, thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to the Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit shanicelewisShow.com.